2 Corinthians 5, verses 11 to 21, the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others. But we ourselves are well known to God, and I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast in inward, outward appearance and not in the heart. For if we are besides ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for us all. Therefore all have died, and he died for all, so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled ourselves to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Hear the words of the Lord. Amen. Uh, so, Happy New Year. It's, it's lovely to see you all here. Uh, maybe some eyes tighter than others, uh, but it's great that we can gather here and celebrate on the first day of this year God's goodness uh, to us as his church. Uh, this month uh, across our January series, uh, we're going to be considering how we are one as a church, how Jesus calls us together as one, and then some of the ways that that actually looks um, practically among us as his church. And so my encouragement to us in this series is let us become the church that Jesus prayed for when he prayed that they may be one. Uh, when he prayed for the they, he prayed for us. And he prayed for the kind of people, not we are, but that we would become as we grow in Christ together. Uh, the journey of being a Christian is one of continuing to become, uh, not uh, measuring up. Uh, we, we know as we've celebrated in communion, uh, you, uh, I, all of us, we already measure up before God because of what Jesus has done for us to bridge that gap between us and him. All our sin is dealt with. And now we're just learning to become who he has called us to be. And so when you become who he's called you to be, it's not that you are doing it in order to uh, be something to uh, measure up. It's, it's actually that you are becoming the fruit of your relationship with him. And that, that's the gospel of grace. It not only saves us, it changes us, empowers us, and 
gathers us and grows us. So my prayer for us is let us become the church Jesus prayed for when he prayed that they may be one. Uh, So let me pray for us as we look at Scripture this morning that God would do some of that work in each of us. Uh, Lord God, when you uh, looked forward to your church as you set in motion the world in the very beginning, thank you that you thought of us. Uh, Thank you that you thought of who we would become. And thank you because it is your thought, uh, it is possible. Uh, Thank you for the vision that you have for each of us. Thank you for the vision that you have of us working together, living together, sharing life together. And thank you for the witness it is as we become uh, your vision for us. Uh, Lord, stir our hearts to see what we could be together. Capture our hearts uh, with what we could become as we grow in Christ together. And we pray that you would shape us by your spirit and through your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, A lot of the time when we start a new year, uh, what do we think of? Uh, I've got a goal for this year. What's my goal? What's the thing that I'm going to do? What's the thing that I'm going to work on? Maybe you're ambitious. Maybe you come up with five things that that you want to see happen in your 2023 year. Uh, What does that look like? Maybe (laughs) you, you turn up to the new year and you just hope you get to the next one. I'm not sure what your goal is. I've heard from a great leader that it's, it's actually really good to each year just set one goal. Set something that's achievable, that will take work, and at the end of that year, if that's become part of who you are, uh, next year, set another goal. I, I love that. And he's a, a leader who is a machine because I've seen him for 10, 15 years set a goal every year and achieve it and then move on to the next. He's, like the, he's the model of a, <laughs> of a Christian. I've not always been as successful, and I, I'm sure... You've not always been as successful as well. Uh, Post-COVID, I I, I set a little goal because the the doctor said my in-COVID diet was maybe not up to scratch because my cholesterol was higher than it should be. I I set a goal to lower that uh, with no medication, and I hit that goal, and that that felt really good. Uh, It felt really good to get my diet in check, and for for lunch afterwards, we're eating salads because I think it's, it's good to start a new year with healthy food. Uh, What does it look like for you to to set a goal for this year? Uh, What does fitness look like? As as I was going for a walk uh, on uh, Boxing Day morning, I I walked past a a gym and I thought, yeah, it's been a while. I I quit my gym just as COVID was starting because I could see something coming. I didn't want to pay membership fees. And it's been a while since I've been to the gym. And when I do exercise with the kids, uh, they run fast and they get puffed, but my legs are twice as long. So so I don't really get as fit as I would like. So I would like to get fitter. And so I found something that I'm going to give a try and we'll see how it goes. And it's always good to, I find, experiment on things. Scripture calls us to fitness, calls us to measure up, uh, calls us to do the exercise, uh, and calls us to live in a certain way. And so we're going to look at a couple of passages from Scripture this morning. You've heard one of them read, and I'd love you to flick to one of them. Uh, Luke's Gospel in chapter 9, and we're looking at verse 57. These are some words from Jesus, uh, and we're going to follow up with some words from Paul. So if you're 
in your red uh, pew Bible, you can find this reading, Luke chapter 9, on page 843. And so the would-be followers of Jesus, the, the title of this passage is, to the would-be followers of Jesus, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, uh, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Uh, to another he said, Follow me. Uh, but he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And as he finishes this, he sends out the 72 to go and do the mission of God. And he's calling a group of followers to go and do exactly what he's been doing. And so what does fitness look like there? Uh, it looks like understanding that uh, if you're to follow Jesus, <laughs> uh, maybe if you're following and walking with him, you realize that you can't set up and make home look like uh, better gardens or anything like that. Uh, okay, that's a, that's a measure of fitness there. Because Jesus says he you know, doesn't, doesn't have a hole. His home is in heaven, so not setting up home here, preparing for home in heaven. Okay, verse 59, continuing along, Jesus says, follow me. And the, the guy's saying, well, I first need to go and, and bury my father. And what's, what's Jesus saying here? He, he's saying, you, you, in some ways, you've got to leave behind what seems urgent and high priority to you in order to follow Jesus as a measure of fitness. Uh, and then Jesus says, um, after another says, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus says, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And uh, so, what, so what's he saying here? The, the person's saying, well, I've got all these relationships I need to maintain. Uh, and if you're following me, you, you kind of can't look back to all of these things. And so we have this huge measure of fitness as I read this, almost overwhelming measure of fitness that actually we, we need to be relentlessly forward-focused on the goal that Jesus has for us uh, to the extent that we're willing to leave behind what is previously important. He's not saying leave this relationship or leave that. Uh, he's wanting to direct our thinking to be relentlessly forward-looking as the people of God to the goals that he has for us. Okay, so that's a high measure of fitness that we have in Luke chapter 9. Uh, if I was to have a doctor's examination on this, I would need to not set up home to look like home. I'd need to be willing to set aside things and friendships at, at, at some level. I'd need to pack my bag and go. So it's a huge measure of fitness. 2 Corinthians, uh, if you want to flick over, uh, we find in this Bible on about page 940. There we go. Uh, so how do we measure up according to this fitness test? Uh, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others, but we ourselves are well known to God. So knowing uh, reverence towards God, remembering who he is and where we are, do, do we do well at remembering who he is and where we are in relationship to him, that he's God and we're not? 
do we try and persuade others as to who God is, uh, to, that they too may revere God? Are we well known to God? Does God know us? Suddenly the, the measure of fitness is not, do I, uh, have I done something, but does God know me? Uh, am I in God's ear? Am, am I known to God? Uh, Paul goes on and he, he says, We're not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you the opportunity to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. And so what's he saying there? The measure of fitness is not outward appearance. Not what you look like on the outside. Not doing what is right in the eyes of other people. The measure of fitness is actually what's going on in our heart. Uh, as we were preparing to come to church this morning, uh, I thought, I'll, I'll make a nice salad. And I found a recipe book that Katie got given for Christmas. And I found a good recipe. It didn't look like too much work. Prep time, 20 minutes. Who knows when it says prep time, 20 minutes. It's never, never 20 minutes. And so, so as I got there and I began to assemble the ingredients, uh, I, I was fine. We, we got everything we'd shopped. We, we were right there. But it said to toast the quinoa in the oven, which I had not preheated to start my 20 minutes. <laughs> and then you had to cook the quinoa, which had to, you know, cook for about 15 minutes. And then it needed to rest for 10 minutes. My maths isn't amazing, but like no way was that going to fit into 20 minutes prep time. <laughs> and, and so maybe it was 20 minutes attentive time, but it was definitely going to take a little longer than 20 minutes. And so I'm thankful for Kirsty, who's uh, a great help here as our church, at our church, who did a lot of the setting up. Uh, what, what were we talking about there? Opportunity to boast. Well, well, I'm not boasting. Outward appearance. But by outward appearance, I might have a nice salad at the end. But as I was making that salad, you know when the pressure's on and everyone around you is either contributing or not contributing to what you're trying to do? Outward appearance versus inward appearance. Outwardly, we're, we're, we're maybe shorter and sharper than we should be. And then in those moments, what we realize is what's really in us that God needs to work on, don't we? Uh, it's in me, uh, it needs to grow me, that, that patience. And you, you know what, sometimes being fit is, is preparation so that we know that 20 minutes is longer than 20 minutes so we have capacity. But yeah, you, you know, I, I wasn't too bad, but I was shorter and sharper than I would have liked to be. So do we, do we measure up in heart? Uh, and one of the tests for heart is, is not that it just doesn't come out, that you're really good at biting your tongue. One of the tests is that it doesn't actually occur, right? So the thought that's not even there. So, so you might think, oh, I'm really good. I, I, don't, I don't get sharp like Randall. But you're thinking it, and there's a little bubble, and, and then it simmers, and it, and it goes away. God's got work. There's fitness to, to grow in right there for all of us, I think. Uh, so <laughs> we're not commending ourselves, verse 12. Uh, if, if we're beside ourselves, it is for God. If we're in our right mind, it is, is for you. W what does that mean? Uh, it's, at some level, Paul is wholeheartedly, fully committed, over the top for God. When he meets the people of God, he's in his right mind. He's clear. He knows what he has to give to them. But in his relationship with God, he is totally wrapped up in a way that other people would look at the Acts 2 kind of crowd and go, you're drunk and you're crazy. Paul is wrapped up in his relationship with God. Uh, do we measure up there? I'm like, well, well, I'm not sure I could do a lot better there. 
Uh, if we're in our right mind, it's for you. Often we do that well for, for others. It continues on, for the love of Christ urges us on. What motivates you? Is it the love of Christ? That's a measure of fitness. We're convinced that one has died for all and therefore all have died. What, what does that mean? My old self is dead. It's buried. I've left behind those things. Behold, I am new. Do you believe in your heart of hearts that you are a new creation? That you're loved by God, that you're treasured, that you are alive, that your past does not define you? That's a measure of fitness. I'm a new creation. I believe the gospel, that I'm set free from the power of sin and darkness to live in God's glorious light, that I'm absolutely loved. Do you believe that? that that's a measure of our fitness as a Christian. He died for all so that those who live must live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. I wonder, do you live for you like I live for me sometimes? I think we all live for ourselves. Uh, and we're learning what it means to look like to no longer live for ourselves as a measure of fitness. Uh, verse 16, do, do we regard people from a human point of view or do we regard people from God's point of view? What does it say, verse 18? says all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and who gives us this ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to him and entrusting this message of reconciliation you have been reconciled but you are being reconciled and the being reconciled looks like us becoming like Christ and beginning to live in this way beginning to think in this way. And this is the gift of God. As his spirit comes and lives in you and I, it does this work of bringing fitness to us. All this is from God. And, and what the spirit does in us is the spirit comes and lives in us. He makes us an ambassador for Christ. As I read both these passages and I look at the criteria of what fitness looks like, I very much realize I don't measure up. I very much realize we don't measure up. I very much realize that we need the gospel of grace that we celebrate at communion that reminds us that we are reconciled, not because of what we've done and how we appear right, but because of what Jesus has done. That's the gospel that joins us together, the gospel that transforms us. So as we start our new year, I would like to give you a one goal. In here, there's like 10 goals, Randall. What's the one goal? <laughs> well, I'd like you to, skip, if you're looking at your Bible, skip to the right at the top of the page of 940. Uh, read with me verse 9. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. So one goal for 2023, we make it our aim to please him. And whether you're eating, make it your aim to please him. Whether you're in the garden, make it your aim to please him. If you're relating to other people, 
Make it your aim to please him. Read scripture so that you can find out what is pleasing to him. Uh, when you're at work, make it your aim to please him. When someone's giving you a really hard time and, and causing you to feel really angry, in that moment, make it your aim to please him. One goal for 23, 23 make it our aim to please him. So whether we are home or we're away, we make it our aim to please him. Colossians uh, 3 puts it this way. It says, uh, whatever your task, put yourselves into it as done for the Lord and not for your masters, since you know that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You serve the Lord Christ for the wrongdoer will be paid back for whatever wrong has been done and there is no partiality. Well, who's he speaking to here? He's speaking to slaves relating to masters and the slaves being treated badly. And he's saying, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. So in whatever circumstances you're in, you're working to please who? Not other people and not yourself, the Lord. And so one goal for 2023, we make it our aim to please him. From 2 Corinthians, just really quickly, a few things we can do that are, are practical from this passage. Regard people from God's point of view. Uh, that is, don't regard people by outward appearance. <laughs> don't regard people by what they've done. Talk to God. Well, what do you love about this person? Help me to see what you love. And then regard them in that way. Treat them in that way. That's one way you can please God in every relationship. See people the way that he sees them. Love them the way that he loves them. And in doing so, you'll be pleasing to him. Be an ambassador of reconciliation. What, what does that mean? Knowing you're reconciled, we are reconciled, and then finding relationships that are broken between people and God and people and each other. And being an ambassador for reconciliation, knowing that God wants to fix broken things. God wants to redeem lost things. God wants to reconcile separate things. Be an ambassador of reconciliation. And then finally, live as a banner for the righteousness of God. That is, live the ways of God. The righteousness of God is the, the way of God. So you're not living in a right way. You're living the way of God. So living God's ways, reading scripture and, and, and living them. Now that, that's a few things to remember that I've just unpacked from this passage about how we can live to please God. But our one goal for 2023 is this. We make it our aim to please him. Let me pray. Our Father, thank you that you call us uh, together as your church and that we get to grow uh, individually and collectively and thank you that as we grow together we are a, a witness ambassadors for you i thank you that you have reconciled us in christ and thank you through that reconciliation we are becoming all you have uh, prayed that we will be i uh, thank you that your prayers are not unfruitful for us uh, help us, Lord, to see things differently this year, to see people differently, to see situations differently from your perspective. Help us to read Scripture with fresh eyes, 
and in all things, we choose to make it our aim to please you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.